Welcome to Clean Air for All by Yuhu. It's a podcast from Yuhu about creating a healthy home and life with good indoor air quality. Each month, we will speak with experts and share helpful information and insights about anything and everything that concerns the air we breathe and how we can protect the health and safety of our homes and families while we stay indoors. From understanding indoor pollutants, the benefits of ventilation, the importance of continuous air quality monitoring, to new technologies and more. Hey, welcome to our listeners again. We have Andrew again with us today, and you've already might have heard him in our previous episode. If not, go back there and listen. This man has amazing experience over 30 plus years with building materials, chemicals, emissions. Where's the formaldehyde coming from? We covered the five top nasties last time. If you didn't listen to it, go back to it. Some of these nasties, we were asking the question of what's the aspect of wood-based material? And uh, we will cover that today in detail because there is a global mega trend. I mean, at least in, in North America, Europe, it's already been happening. People are building skyscrapers from wood or an American guy that I met in the Philippines. He is even building from bamboo, skyscrapers with bamboo. We have all sorts of trends where nature-based material that has, has sequestered carbon is being used now to make the buildings more nature-related and to decarbonize the building envelope. But Andrew, what about the biohazard emission implications of the mass timber trend? Is it something we need to be worried about? Well, I think with any wood structure, you have to be concerned about maintenance, how, yeah, how long it's going to last. The whole concept of mass timber, as you stated, is it's sequestering carbon during its lifespan, right? During the growth of the tree, it's taking carbon out of the ground, taking carbon out of the air. And once you've harvested that, now this is an amount of carbon that'll never go back into the atmosphere unless mm. it degrades or burns, okay? Yes. So we have to make sure that these mass timber buildings last a long time. How are we going to do that? Well, the wood has to be properly treated. And in some cases, wood has to be treated with flame retardants. We mm. have to make sure that the flame retardants that are used are not toxic to the occupants. We have to make sure that the sealers that are used to give wood water repellency or UV protection so it doesn't start to gray. As, as the wood starts to gray from UV, that's the wood dying, and that's decay, which can cause bits of carbon release. So we have to make sure that the sealers that are used not only protect the wood, but aren't going to harm the occupants. So I look at it as finishing any wood inside of a home or an office building. First and foremost, it has to do a great job of protection, but it has to do a job of protection without harming the occupants and really just making a second problem out of the first problem. So we have to yeah, be careful yeah. with our choices. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the new things that is emerging, I attended a wood exhibition in France a couple of weeks ago, and 
was firmly modified wood, which is making wood durable without any chemical additives, just by using heat. Maybe what the Vikings did and the Japanese mm-hmm. did with, you know, heat treatment or charcoaling it to make it super durable. That sure. might be one way of avoiding these chemical additives. But I yes. think you've experienced some actual projects where there was a problem with the wood treatment and the chemicals that had been used. Can you share some of those insights on actual real life examples? Yeah, I think the best example I can give is a manufacturer of large wood trusses or LVLs, these large engineered lumber pieces Mm. that in order to give them flame retardants, they had to add a coating over the top of it to meet the, Mm. the building code. Well, the flame retardant itself was emitting such a high amount of formaldehyde that it literally started driving people out of these homes, out of these buildings because of the chemical off-gassing. So it's the the unintended consequence of trying to do the right thing sometimes is Mm -hmm. uh, we cause another problem. And, uh, you know, I, I don't look at it as a way to, well, let's just not do this anymore. I look at it as a stepping stone. All right, we learned our lesson. Let's learn that lesson quickly and not do this again and find another way. But, I, you know, we just have to be careful with the choices we make. Yeah, and yeah. that's the, again, the, the rush sometimes to get new things into market is not thinking it all the way through. And yeah. again, this is going to happen when we're trying to literally change the industry. You know, for years here in the States, I've been, and many other people have been talking about how, how can we use wood to build homes when we know wood is supposed to degrade, it's going to burn, you know, and I would say, look at Europe, they're using concrete and stone because, you know, the Colosseum was built 2000 years ago. It's still standing, you know, the oldest structure in the United States that was built back in the 1600s of wood. And that's the oldest building here. Everything else has fallen down hmm. because wood doesn't last that long. Mass timber is a different story and mass timber is a way that we can get back to building with wood, doing it in a sustainable manner. And I think, again, choosing the right materials, we can also make it a healthy environment. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, even if you look at Southeast Asia, Philippines or Malaysia, the village house, the Malaysian kampung house was all built with wood, with natural material. But in those days, there were a lot of rainforests with some of these wood species like iron wood that doesn't degrade, even though you have its hundreds of years. So I think nowadays we need to learn how we can turn even fast growing timber species that Mm -hmm. only need five to 10 years to grow that can maybe satisfy the volume that we need when we replace cement and steel at, at scale. How can we make them so durable? Maybe it's thermal treatment of wood. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's uh, some, some other ways of doing it. Maybe it's densification, but that's a very, very interesting process. And, and you're right. We want to learn from the mistakes. We want to perfect it in such a way that we can optimize the benefit, especially if I look at, you know, fast growing countries. I had a discussion today with people from Africa. If we are going to use cement and steel for all of these construction needs, it's going to drive gigantic carbon footprints because 
Both are very high carbon footprint materials that need to mm-hmm. be manufactured. I mean, cement, we are burning limestone, calcium carbonate, CaCO3 at a high mm-hmm. temperature. So we have a double whim. We release the carbonate that nature sequestered in the form of limestone, and we need to burn the fuel to get to that temperature. So wood is the perfect material as long as it's sustainable and we right. make it, can make it durable. What about all of these CLT components, the cross-laminated timber? I mean, there we have a la- layers of glue in between. Right. Is that a cause of concern or does it just depend on what kind of glue we are using? Well, that's the, that's the thing. It depends on what kind of glue we use. Historically, the glues that have been used contain urea formaldehyde. And urea formaldehyde is a is a great binder material. It's also gives the adhesive some natural antifungal characteristics. Urea formaldehyde is the formaldehyde we worry about in mm. materials. There's another formaldehyde called phenol formaldehyde or phenolic resin that's been around for 80 years. Phenolic resin does not off gas the way urea resin does. Matter of fact, most Exterior grade plywood and OSB materials use phenolic resin because it's moisture resistant. Hmm. And so we recommend the phenol formaldehyde based material to be used anywhere inside of the home if you have to use it, because from a chemical sensitivity standpoint, it doesn't trigger the same way that urea does. All right. So I, I learned something new, very important. Phenol formaldehyde, Correct. okay. Urea formaldehyde, stay miles away from it. <laughs> Correct. And so check that, you know, all these plywood boards or these wood composite materials, we find them everywhere, might even be your floor. I mean, we used to have the hardwood floor, right? But it's much mm-hmm. cheaper to make those composite floors. Mm-hmm. And what's in those composite floors? What glue has the customer used? But I've seen people are looking now more and more even for nature-based glues, biological glues, mm-hmm. and all sorts of innovations to get the complete oh, yes. sustainability solution. So I think there's a lot of business opportunities for people as well to come up with the right solutions here. Have you heard of alternatives as well, like dowel laminated timber? I heard about that recently, where you don't use any glue. You right. just use those dowels that people mm-hmm. used to use in Japan thousands right. of years ago to connect those wood pieces without any glue. Sure. I I think that is, I mean, it's old school technology being used in today's environment. And I love that concept. I don't think it'll catch on as a, a global way of doing things, but I do like that concept it's more of a positive mechanical lock than glue is. Glue mm. can fail. And we've seen that over time. I think overall, the idea of mass timber is it's growing in popularity. As you said, it's, it's a massive wave across the world now. I think what's going to happen is it's going to become one way that we deal with our climate issue. I think that you know, if you look at it, a different way. If we completely changed over to mass timber for all of our large scale construction, we wouldn't have enough wood. We wouldn't have enough transportation. We wouldn't have the contractors to do the work. I mean, there, there's so many downsides 
if we completely switched over, I think we have to find a happy medium. And along with trying to cool down our need to always want to build new, I think we need to look at remodeling more. We need to look at just building anything we build new now, Mm. make sure it lasts a very long time. Don't build for 20 years, build for 200 years and so forth. I think the industry itself needs to start cleaning up how we do things so that maybe it's not, they're not giving themselves more work in 20 years, but so Mm. what? I mean, we're, we're helping to save our planet. We're helping our clients. We need to focus on long-term solutions, not short-term. Yeah, that's really a very important strategic uh, view of things like the long-term sustainability, the circular economy, instead Mm -hmm. of everything new, Mm -hmm. where can we use old materials? And I think wood can play a role in that as well. Sure, The recycling of wood needs to be something that we need to look at, same way concrete. Mm -hmm. Steel is fairly easy to recycle because you can Mm -hmm. melt it back again, even though that has its own carbon footprint. I think concrete is more difficult. But Mm -hmm. coming back to all the different wood products and wood-related mass timber components, what is your strategic advice to the key players in the industry? Because we are in the early days of this industry. What should they take consideration of when thinking about treatment for durability, the treatment for fire resistance and antifungus, anti-termite here in Southeast Asia? People are worried about termites eating up your wood. How can people get it right? (laughs) Great question. I think that we have to focus on natural, you know, let's focus on the whole concept of biophilic design. How Mm. does nature take care of these things, you know, and I look at things like using borates, you know, natural boric acid uh, for termite Mm. control, for insect control, for wood preservative. You can look at other natural materials, natural tongue oils and other tree nut oils for the finishing of the wood. Mm. I would like to stay away completely from any synthetic chemical use on this wood And just go back to what nature has provided us already, because we know it's compatible. We know that I'm not not saying that all natural materials are healthy for humans, Mm -hmm. but if we are using natural materials on the wood, we, and we can verify that they don't contribute to indoor air quality issues. They're not unhealthy for the occupants. Those are the materials we should be focusing on. That is a more long-term sustainable outlook than using synthetics that will break down in a quicker amount of time. Great. Excellent. So from nature back to nature, that is as well why I'm a a fan of firmly modified wood because Mm -hmm. it's just the natural elements, the high temperature, and in some cases, a bit of pressure. And then you have the dimensional stability and the durability from a natural process Mm -hmm. that has been how the how the wood has been treated. So back to nature, with nature, scaling up nature-based solutions, mm-hmm. both for the purpose of decarbonization, biophilic solutions to bring us back to nature, with nature again. And I think that's a great vision. Excellent. Thanks so much, Andrew. I learned you a lot. Welcome. Thanks for the inspiring biophilic future vision. We need <laughs> to go with nature. 
get rid of the synthetics, <laughs> and I think then we are on the right track. What's your final Thanks. word, Andrew? Oh, boy, final word. I always look at healthy air, healthy water, and surround yourself with, you know, positive people, you know, stick with materials that you know are healthy and safe for you and your family. And I would say make the bedroom. If you have to make one room in your home healthy and safe because of affordability, make sure it's the bedroom because the bedroom is the sanctuary of the home. It's got to be the healthiest room in the house. Excellent. Great. Thank you so much. Everybody should listen to Andrew and all the best for your very important work. Thank Thanks you. for coming in and to our podcast. Really a Thank great you. pleasure. Thank you.